Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Glad you're here. I'm in for a, a good treat today. I'm going to be interviewing a gentleman named Rob Gaither from California. And I believe he's in Monterey County, which is uh, Northern California, right, Rob? That's right. Yeah. Cool. So uh, about a month ago, I believe, no, no, just less than that, 20 days ago, 20 days ago, I sent out an email to my list saying, hey, who wants to be on my podcast? I'm looking for some people to interview who are doing lease options. If that's you, reply to this message and let me know. And Rob responded to me. And uh, I thought, this is fantastic. I'd love to talk with you about these deals that you've done. And uh, Rob is in Northern California. I'm going to interview him here and ask him some questions about these deals here that he that he did. Um, I just want to first let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by my new book. My new book, REI Secrets, Daily Nuggets of Real Estate Investing Wisdom. And in this book, I talk about a lot of different things. And it's you know, you've been listening to my podcast, you've heard me on the REI in your car series where I'm just driving and I talk about whatever has been kind of going on for the day and I'm teaching some kind of lesson. And I've taken those best, uh, the best of those, and I've turned them into articles and I've put them into a book. And uh, so this book is designed where you can read just a chapter a day. Each chapter is maybe two to three pages long. And, um, you know, I'm just thumbing through it right now, and uh, one of them is called Bomb Bombs Away, and it's a, it's a little chapter that I wrote about technology, and there's a video platform called Bomb Bomb where you can send videos to sellers after you talk to them, and just little things like that that you can read. If you want this book, you can get it for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Um, it's about an inch thick. It's the biggest book I've ever done. I'm, I was kind of uh, shocked how thick it was, but you can get it at reisecrets.com, reisecrets.com. And also, if you're listening to this and you like the show, please leave a review in iTunes. Subscribe to the show, leave a review in iTunes. I really appreciate it. It helps with the rankings and stuff like that. And pretty soon as well, I don't know if you all knew this, but I'm I'm moving to a new podcast hosting service and they're going to be releasing, re-releasing to the podcasting world my previous 600 episodes, if you would, are a little bored and you want something to listen to. No, seriously, um, I have about 600 episodes that iTunes does not show anymore because um, there's just too many of them, I guess. So we're releasing previous episodes as a volume one, two, and three of the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and you can get that all on iTunes. Cool. So, Rob, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, Joe? Excellent. Thanks for being here. Uh, can I read this email you sent me? Would that be all right? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Rob responded back, um, hey, I've done three lease option deals to date. The first was many years ago for my private residence, which I subsequently purchased. And I was really excited to hear this because not a lot of people know about this, Rob, that um, you can do lease options to buy your own personal residence, which I have done. Um, then the rest uh-huh. of the email says here, uh, the second was for an $850,000 commercial property, which I subleased to an auto dealer for, get this guys, $12,000 monthly cash flow. <laughs> Love it. 
he says then, Rob, you said here later, I sold that property for $1.825 million. I did a 1032 exchange, or 1031 exchange, maybe? Um, yeah, probably typo. And then uh, you, you bought a fourplex for $1.15 million and used what was left over after taxes to improve the property and pay down another property. The third lease option, I subleased to a third party who subsequently purchased the property, netting me, get this guy's, about $150,000. So do you see why I wanted Rob on the podcast? So thanks for being here, Rob. Can you tell sure. us a little bit about you? You live in, I'm assuming, in Monterey County is near Monterey, California, right? It is, yeah. I live in the northern part of the county out in a kind of a rural area in the mountains. Oh, it's beautiful so it's out there. It's beautiful here. I love it. Yeah, I'm originally from Chicago, so I'm more familiar with the weather you have than the weather here. But <laughs> but I, just, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to make a move. So it's you Are, are you still a Cubs fan? I was I was never a Cubs fan. Oh, good. And, um, okay. With you from Chicago, you have to be a masochist, you know, if you want to be a, <laughs> any kind of a sports fan. Although it's not so true anymore now that they've actually won the World Series. Now. Well, but uh, okay. So I, I'll still let you on my podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> hey, just I love joking. the Cubs. Don't get me wrong. I just I can't. Uh, I just can't follow. It's too much. Uh, too much pain. Oh, I know. I'm so. I feel so bad for you. Uh, no. <laughs> just kidding those of you that don't know what we're talking about i'm from st louis and uh where i'm not a cubs fan you know i'm a st louis cardinals fan for a good reason but um the cardinals just swept the cubs in a four-game series which was crazy it was, it, each game was won by one run um well, man it was hard to uh feel i feel for my cubs fans <laughs> anyway rob <laughs> sorry about that so um no problem. so how how you've how long have you been in the business it sounds like you've been in it for a long time yeah i'm really old i i guess you'd say i'm in the business i mean it's what i do now full time when i do anything at all yeah but uh I, i'm really i was never really in the business i mean i was a, a car dealer for a number of years yeah and that's why that's how i wound up buying that commercial property i i I, I uh, did a lease option on that, and then when I closed my car dealership, I leased it to someone else and subsequently sold it. But I, that's been about, gosh, that was 2003. Okay. When I closed my dealership, I sold it many years later. But uh, So I guess you'd say I've been actively an investor for 20 years or something like that. Now, my son, who's 15, is really loving cars, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why. But anyway, no, he turned 16 in like two weeks. He really loves cars and he wants to flip cars. And uh, is that, I mean, what would advice would you give him right now? Is it better to flip cars or houses? What what would you say to them? Well, you know, when I was starting out, I started out as a car guy, obviously, but I I looked and said, where's all the money? You know, who's making all the money? And I realized it was either car sales or or home sales. Hmm. In many ways, I wish I had done homes instead. Okay. You know, done real estate instead of cars. Cars were great for a long time, but it was retail, and it's that's a tough, tough business. Yeah, you know, being a car dealer is really hard. And cash flow is horrible, mm. uh, so and it's it's just a major challenge to be a dealer. Um, for flipping cars on the side, what they call curb stoning. Yeah, you can make some money that way. That's not a bad hobby. You can make a few thousand dollars a month doing that if you know what you're doing. You could also lose money. Hmm. just like everything else. But my advice would be get into real estate. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm recording this. So I'll let him listen to it. But uh, you know what, what did it for him was he's watching the show undercover billionaire. And, um, ah. and it's this, have you heard of the show or seen it? 
No, I haven't. Sounds good, though. It, it is fascinating. It's this guy who owns a huge mortgage business, and he wants to prove that the American dream is still alive and well. So he basically, for 90 days, strips himself of anything and everything except a cell phone and an old beat-up truck and, I think, $500. Goes into wow. a, a random city I think the producers picked for him, which was turned out to be Erie, Pennsylvania. And uh, he had he, he his goal was to build a business that would be worth a million dollars in 90 days. And um, wow. it's on uh discovery channel maybe. And it's pretty fascinating. We've watched the first three or four episodes. I'm a little behind now, but uh, one of the first things he did was uh, he took a few hundred dollars that he had and um, bought a car and sold it and made a few thousand dollars and did that again to make a few thousand more <laughs> just to get living expenses, which is fascinating. My, my, my son was watching that anyway. That's so pretty I, much what I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I started out with nothing and that's how I got something. That's interesting. Okay. So Rob, um, you've been doing this, you've been in business for a long time. Sounds like you've been pretty successful. When did you get started in business for doing business for yourself? Um, I pretty much, well, I, when I got out of college, I went to work in a chemistry laboratory and worked there a couple of years, but, but that was the last job I had. Okay. You don't car, kind of, working for a car dealer temporarily as a salesperson. And that, <laughs> so that was, well, I hate to admit it, but that was 1979. Wow. Okay. And uh, I uh, subsequently opened uh, an energy store. We sold wood, wood burning stoves and solar energy equipment way back then. Yeah. During the Carter administration when uh, gas prices were through the roof and wow. prime rate was like 18%. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty tough in real estate then, as you can imagine. I'm sure you're not old enough to remember, but well, you, was, uh, which is fascinating to me, Rob, because you've been through several market cycles. I mean, if you're talking mid '70s now, how many market cycles have you been through? I'm going to guess at least three or four. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And I'm interesting. I'd be really curious to ask you um, later on because I want you to finish your story, but I'd love to hear from you some of the lessons you've learned as the market cycles have been going up and down. But, um, well, that was the end of my story. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you, to your podcast, you when, when did you start doing real estate then? Well, really, I guess, uh, when I bought my first house, which uh, was the lease option that I talked okay. about, which was that, that was in 19, oh my God, 79 or 80, I guess. Okay. I was just a kid. It's not a school. How did you learn about so, a lease I mean, option? How, did, was was somebody teaching it back then? Well, some no, somebody just wanted to lease their house, and and uh, and uh, they were willing to give an option as yeah. an inducement. So it wasn't I wasn't I didn't actively pursue it. It just kind of landed on the table the first time. Okay, as an option, I said absolutely. You know, so I had nothing. Yeah, and uh, no down payment or any prospects, and I was self-employed. Besides, I mean, and not making very much money. Yeah. It really was the only way I would ever gotten into a property. So we leased it. My my young wife and I leased it for uh, a couple of years, and then and and then bought it. So she wound up with it. And I moved to California, but that's another story. Okay, all right. So it was a um, you you leased a property with an option to buy. Do you remember the numbers? Like how many years did you did it take you to buy it? Yeah, I think it was actually a. I think it was actually 
I can't remember if it was a land contract. I think the ultimate purchase was on a land contract. Okay. But I may be wrong. I, I'm trying to remember because it's been a really long time, obviously. But I think we, I think it was a five-year agreement, and I, I don't think they credited any. I don't remember him crediting crediting any of the rent toward the down payment. Okay. But he did subsequently carry the paper for a couple more years after we exercised the option. Okay. And then, and then I refinanced it. By that time, we had enough equity, but the, you know, it was a tiny little price compared to today's numbers. I think it was forty thousand dollars or something like that. Oh wow! Then, what were interest rates yeah. back then? When you did, they buy were it. really high. Yeah. It was ten percent. It was ten percent. Wow! I think we were, maybe it was twelve. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, that was at the peak of the crazy interest rates when the prime rate was eighteen percent. So I thought ten percent was a deal. Wow. Uh, do you think we're ever going to get back to those interest rates? God, I hope not. <laughs> Isn't that something, though? It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, running a business when you're borrowing money at that at kind of a rate, I mean, it's it's almost impossible. I don't know. Uh, I don't wow. know how we did it, but but uh, it was fairly easy to get the money, though. Well, people still so people still bought homes when the interest rates were ten, twelve, fifteen percent. Yeah, they just you know they they bought what they could afford, right? I mean, people didn't go. No, out. Just a lot less house. They're a lot more conservative. I'd imagine people put larger down payments on homes back then. Um, I don't know. You know, I was in Illinois, and things are really different in California now. Yeah. I can't I don't really have any basis for comparison. I mean, prices were so much lower then than they are here yeah. now. That uh, I mean, there's no way you'd buy a house in California at eighteen oh, yeah. percent or or even ten. I mean, so you 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 leased the property with an option to buy it, and then later you converted it into more of an owner financing deal or a, you know a, a land contract for a couple of years, and then you actually right. got a, a traditional mortgage with the bank. That's right. Yeah, he was willing to give me ten years on that land contract, but nice. We didn't need it because you know again he wanted ten percent, and we were able to get a little bit better rate than that finally. Yeah. Somewhere around eight percent, I think. So, do you remember when you were lease optioning the property? Were you responsible for maintenance and repairs? It wasn't like a regular rental, right? Well, in this case, no. It was. It was definitely part of the deal. It, it was. He was sort of a uh, part-time. Uh, this was sort of going to be his vacation home. It was on a lake. It was like a twenty-five hundred square foot house. It had been a cottage. He raised it and they put a foundation under it and started the renovations. But he really, when he came out from Chicago to this vacation home, which was in, in, uh, McHenry, Illinois, on a little lake, uh, he would prefer to drink. I think that's just, it was his, it was his uh, entertainment. So he didn't get very far on his property and finally he decided to sell it. So part of the deal was I would take over the renovations and we would, you know, turn it into a real house as, and as part of the, whether we stayed there or not exercise the option or not, I would be doing some work on the house too to improve it. Nice. So, nice. Which worked out in our favor because since we were able to exercise the option, not only did we get some sweat equity, but we got some, some of those great lease option terms. So, I mean, it was really the perfect opportunity for some, for some stupid young guy who had nothing and nothing but uh, dreams, you know? Yes. Well, you know what? I'm looking, this is so great. Are you familiar? <laughs> I'm, I'm changing the subject here because I'm looking at a map of Monterey, California. And mm-hmm. uh, y- you are real close to one of my favorite restaurants on the coast. It's called Nepenthe. Nepenthe. Oh, Does yeah. that name ring a bell? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a gorgeous spot. Oh. One of the most beautiful places on earth, I think. 
how far away are you from that uh, from that place? Um, probably an hour, maybe a little bit more than that. It's down the Big Sur. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty well into Big Sur. Maybe maybe I might be in as much as an hour and a half. I'm actually probably about thirty minutes from Monterey, where I live. I live midway between Santa Cruz and Monterey. Oh. Um, but uh, gorgeous this, area out here. This place is incredible. It's called Nepenthe. We found it by accident yeah. one time. It's on the cliffs overlooking the coast, surrounded yeah, yeah. by uh, evergreen trees and uh, other oak trees. It's astonishing, astonishing view. Just oh, yeah. nice. Okay, so <laughs> I uh, it's been probably twenty years since we've been there. If anybody is in the mm. Big Sur area, uh, you just go to this restaurant called Nepenthe. I had it uh, before kids when I wouldn't, I don't know if I would take my kids there today, but um, Boy, too, too much, too high on the cliff. Oh, it's just spoil them. It's well, it's expensive. <laughs> like, yeah, they wouldn't appreciate yeah, home in the $20 hamburger. No, they wouldn't appreciate the food. Um, oh, beautiful areas. What, what brought you to that part of the California? Um, my uncle actually lived out here when I was uh, soul searching and looking around for a way to change my life after my yeah. first one didn't work out so well. I um, had an opportunity to come out and stay with him. And once I did, I that was up in Danville, California, which is a really beautiful place as well. But once I, I came out to visit him, and walked up to the top of the hill across the street from him, and I looked out and said, wow, I'm going to get a house like this on top of a hill in California. And a year later, I did. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, I was very okay. lucky. Good for you. All right, now back to real estate. Yeah. The second lease option you did was for a commercial property. Uh, now you were right. in the auto business, but how did you find this property and how did you approach the previous owners? Well, it was actually listed for sale. It had been listed for sale for quite a while. It was a it was a product of a broken marriage, I guess you'd say. Not really. I mean, a broken partnership. There was yeah. a Jaguar Saab Subaru dealer in the property. And which ran into some management problems and closed down. So the property had been available for a couple of years at least. I had already started my little used car dealership uh, in town and I was looking for a place to expand to. And um, I thought, you know, what the hell? What have I got to lose? These guys, it was a million dollar piece of property or something like that, which to me was a crazy number. And I thought, what have I got to lose? So I, I called a realtor and talked with him and made him an offer and uh, he believed me. I mean, most of, a lot of what I told him wasn't strictly true in terms of what I was willing to do or what I was able to do. Yeah. And I lowballed him, but um, he got it done. I said, you know, we'll, we'll do it, but we need a lease option. And here are the terms of the lease option that we're looking for. And, and uh, he went and got it done. Nice. Which is, I mean, that's really pretty uncommon as far as I can tell, because realtors, don't like lease options. They have a hard time figuring out how to get paid. Yeah. But in this case, it was an expensive piece of property. It had been empty for a while. The sellers were motivated. It was there. There was a conglomerate, a bunch of guys uh, who owned a lot of properties, but this was the only one in this County that they owned and they really wanted to get out of it. Yeah. And focus on the other parts of their business. So they were willing to give us pretty reasonable terms. In fact, we paid no rent for the first three months. And and then we had, and we had like, 50% 50% rent for the next uh, two years. I mean, the terms were extremely advantageous to us. Nice. Wouldn't have been able to do it any other yeah. way. Yeah. Well, how did you, how did you negotiate those kinds of terms? Um, 
Is it just back and forth? Yeah, with the, not with the seller, with the realtor. But the realtor okay. was really good. I mean, he's a commercial realtor, and he was he was really good. And I think, you know, he looked at me and thought, oh, this, "Who's this guy? He's got a little crummy little used car lot, and yeah, it doesn't doesn't look like he's making any money." And you know, we were actually we were doing quite well, but he didn't know it. Yeah, and I didn't tell him. So I'm sure he thought, "What the hell? He had nothing to lose either because he wasn't getting any other fish." Hmm. There was a lull in the retail in the. Uh, yeah, in the retail car business, selling new cars it was slow. That's why the property was sitting empty. Yeah, and uh, so he figured he had nothing to lose as well, and he just threw it out there. And they said, "Yeah, okay, we'll do it." Nice. I mean, really, they had nothing to lose either because they weren't they weren't collecting any rent. It was just sitting there empty. Uh-huh. Worst case is I came in and you know we went belly up. Well, they had a few more thousand in the bank than they had before, so you know, it was really a win-win. I've heard. Um the whole lease option concept kind of originated in the commercial space. You know, that's where people kind of were more familiar with doing lease options before it came to residential. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, their terms of for commercial properties are a lot different than they are for residential. Normally. Yeah. 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 Residents, residents. Yeah. I mean, the bankers are very conservative guys and the guys who do mostly home loans are not as flexible. I would say. So you subleased this commercial property and we're getting $12,000 a month cash flow. Yeah, no, that was a net cash flow. Don't misunderstand me. Yes. I mean, I didn't make myself clear, but we didn't, you know, we had to pay part of that back to the okay. seller. But yeah, we were, when, when I closed my dealership, I uh, picked up the phone and called some local dealers and said, Hey, we're, we're moving out of here. You need a new spot. And the third one I called said, yes, I'll take it. Just uh, give me the keys. You can leave everything there, the, the desks, the huh. computer systems, the file cabinets, pictures on the wall, whatever. I'll take it, and I'll buy all of your inventory. <laughs> I mean, this wow. sounds like I am live a charmed life, right? I mean, it's, it's crazy, really, how, how many times I've been lucky like this. But but um, it wasn't from lack of trying. I mean, we worked our butts off in that business. Sure, yeah. And, uh, but, um, but, yeah, this, this opportunity, I mean, we had what he needed. And uh, so we uh, uh, got out of it, leased it to him for probably more than it was worth because I recognized him the fact that he had a need. Yeah. But he was doing great too. I mean, he was a Honda dealer and he was, he was flying high and they were building a brand new building, which was not going to be finished for like five years because it had to go through the permit process and all that stuff. So he leased his property from us while he was building his other property. Okay. And uh, then uh, I think, I remember I, I actually purchased the property while it was, while I was leasing it to him. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't own it when I originally. So then you, you sold it to him also as well. Then later. No, I sold it to someone else. He moved out of there and into his new facility. Ah, okay. And uh, so then we sold that property uh, to a local tool rental company that had a number of locations, a giant tool rental company. Hmm. Okay. This became their, this became their headquarters. So you, you made almost a million dollar profit when you sold that. If you don't count the tax, man. Ah, no. a silly tax guy. Yep. <laughs> but you did a 1031 yeah, exchange. Some, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that turned out to be a great deal for us as well. They uh, found a fourplex down in Monterey, uh, two three blocks up the hill from the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Okay, yeah. So it has absolutely gorgeous ocean view. Wow. Yeah, and um, very nice piece of property. It's a 
It's like 4,500 square feet. The property has a, the, at the top floor apartment, it's 2,400 square feet. Wow. It's a pretty, really nice piece of property. Do you still own that? I do. Nice. Good for you. And so what year yeah, did you buy that property? Yeah. Let's see. I think it was, I think it was 2015. Okay. So just a few years ago. Very nice. Yeah. You bought it for 1.15 million. Right. Good. Was it, um, yeah. did you, it needed some improvements? Was that a good deal? It did. It was undervalued. I mean, the, 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 the fact is that it was built by a local businessman as a fourplex, but he really used it as sort of a family compound. I mean, dad lived up there, son and the daughter lived in two apartments downstairs and, uh, they converted, the son converted two of the apartments into one apartment, which was a huge mistake in terms of value. Yeah. He took out a bathroom, removed a kitchen, I mean, all the things that you'd, you'd never want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he did it all without permits, which was great. Oh. So when I came in, I came in, I went to the county, I got the plans. I looked at it, I said, whoa, what's going on here? This isn't a, it was advertised as a triplex. Yeah. I said, this isn't a triplex, this is a fourplex. What did he do here? Once I realized what had been done, I thought, wow, it was priced as a triplex too. Wow. Um, so yeah, I, I bought it, put it back just the way it was on the plans. So the county city couldn't say anything to me about permits or anything else because I, you don't need a permit to do something that's theoretically already been done. Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I put it back to the way it was and, and had a fourplex. So, wow. Good for you. And you still own that. So it's yeah. still giving you good cash flow. Yeah. That, yeah, that one's my retirement. Nice. Yeah. Now you've done a third lease option and you subleased right. it to a third party who subsequently also purchased it. And you say here it netted you about $150,000. What was that deal? That was a, that deal, there was a friend of mine actually who needed a house. He had nine kids, has nine kids. Uh-huh. And he needed a, many, as many bedrooms as he could find. Um, he, he worked for me at the time and he couldn't find, he couldn't even find one to rent. So I started poking around and found one in a town called Los Gatos, which is a kind of a she-she suburb of, San Francisco, San Jose, in that area. It's mountainous, okay. you know, very, very nice area. And this fellow had owned the property for many years, decades, I think. And he was one of the, you know, kind of a do-it-yourself sort of a guy. He'd been remodeling and revamping the project for decades, I think, uh, and never finished it. Hmm. Um, he had a lot of stuff going on, but nothing really done. And my, so I, I thought, well, maybe this will work and brought my friend out there to look at it. And it was big enough in one of the very few five bedroom homes we found. Yeah. But he didn't, he knew nothing about construction. Didn't want to take on a project like that. Didn't, wasn't sure about the money. He thought it was just you know going to be too much money. And, you know, he had all kinds of reasons why he didn't want to pull the trigger. And I said, well, I will. Hmm. And, uh, and I said, we'll figure out the terms now that you think you can live with. And then, you know, that's what I'll keep in mind as I'm making the place ready. Well, they moved in before it was done. I mean, they did a lot of construction while they were living there. Well, that was the only part that really wasn't that much fun for either of us. But we did eventually get through it. And um, at that point in time, he was very happy to just exercise his option on the property at the price that we talked about. Nice. It turned out to be a nice profit for me. And, you know, it was a worthwhile project. Nice. Yeah, that was a... 
there's so there's a lot of them. I mean, I shouldn't say there's a lot, but there's as you well know, there are properties out there with weird. They all have a little bit different story, but yes, there. You know, if you look and if you if you just don't take no for an answer, you get one. Oh, that's good. Great advice because you, you can always just say, "Listen, is there any way we can make this work?" And sometimes right. you get you get a no, but the worst thing you can do is just walk away and never follow up. Yeah, as old as I am, I guess the one piece of advice I give to anybody is it's a Nike slogan: just just do it, do something, whatever yeah. it is, just do it. You know, don't sit on the edge of the seat and or on the fence. Yeah, you know, you can't win that way. That's good. You can lose for sure, but you can't win. Really good. I'm trying to win, trying to win the lottery without buying a ticket. <laughs> Well, Rob, I sure appreciate you taking the time. Sure. Let, let me ask you one more question. What are you doing these days? What Are you uh, still looking for deals, looking places to invest? I, I am. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I don't do it full time. I'm not, I've never really had that much love for money. Uh-huh. I just always wanted, I just wanted to get enough money and I didn't have to work anymore. Yeah. So now I, I take care of the properties because I like, like doing that kind of work. So I, I do maintenance and, and that sort of thing. Um, I don't love maintenance much, but I like to, remodeling and that sort of thing. So I'm always looking, but I'm not, I'm not looking to make a killing or looking to, you know, build my retirement portfolio. Yeah. But I, I like them because I like, I like to find the diamond in the rough and shine it. And polish it. Nice. And you live in a beautiful area of the country. So yeah, I can't yeah, imagine so you'd ever be bored out there. <laughs> no, no, I'm not bored. I just finished a canoe and uh, before that, I built a treehouse. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, I like to stay busy. Well, if you go to Nepenthe anytime soon, have a nice <laughs> glass of wine for me, okay? Thanks. <laughs> I sure will. Yeah, I should go down there. What a gorgeous spot. But to almost anywhere along that coast between yeah. between Monterey or between Santa Cruz and, and uh, Santa Barbara is just stunningly beautiful. Nice. Well, Rob, Thanks if – um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, are you on social media, Facebook, or anything like that? I'm on LinkedIn. Okay. So they can just look, look you up on LinkedIn, Rob Gaither. And, um, yeah, or my, my personal email is fine, too, and for whatever reason. I'm not shy. I see That's a Rob couple. Rob Gaither at Gmail. Okay, I'm sorry. Say it again, Rob. It's Rob Gaither at Gmail. Gaither at gmail.com. Cool. I'm looking at um, LinkedIn here, and there's a couple different Rob Gaithers. One is a senior marketing manager. Is that you? Nope. I'm the guy who was the president of the National Vehicle Certification Program, NVCP. Okay. So then you're also, there's also here a, a project manager for DPR Construction. There's a few guys with my name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm renting it to them. All right. Well, good. Thank you again, Rob, for your time. Really appreciate My pleasure, it. Joe. And, Thanks uh, for thinking of me. Have a uh, have a beautiful day there, and um, maybe next year the Cubs can uh, <laughs> maybe maybe make it into a wild card even, spot. I hope so. You know, for all those Cub fans. But personally, I, I gave up being a a sports fan of any kind and, and living in Chicago. I mean, we had well, you know, the Bears, the Cubs, the, yeah. you name it. They're perennial losers. Mm-hmm. They have great years for a while, but then they just you know hit the bottom. I don't know. Couldn't take it. Roller coaster, you know. <laughs> I get it. Emotional roller coaster. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah, Appreciate it. Have a good one. My pleasure. Bye bye. You too. Bye. 